AI is a catalyst for digital transformation with the power to accelerate scientific discovery and redefine the boundaries of what's possible, turning raw data into useful insights. The world is excited about AI, and we are excited about what AI can do for your business. Today, on the AI Business Bytes podcast, we are joined by Mustafa Zafar, Vice President of Data and AI and Automation for IBM Middle East and Africa, along with Deepak Guttal, Technical Executive for Data and AI for IBM Middle East and Africa. They will demystify the world of generative AI, language models, foundation models, and natural language processing. Hello, listeners. This is Deepa Gautam. My role at IBM is focused on helping clients realize the value from our data and AI solutions and provide a delightful experience. Personally, I'm a data analytics and AI enthusiast and a passionate football follower. As an electronics engineer, I'm extremely excited with innovation in technology and particularly the AI landscape. I'm always learning, so I hope you will learn along with me from this discussion. We also have uh, Mustafa Zafar uh, with us today. Mustafa is a passionate person about technology and, and recent advancement, who is also communicating with so many different business leaders and clients alike. Mustafa, great to have you today. Thank you, Deepak. But interesting enough, like a lot of what used to be science fiction actually is coming to a reality. And, and I don't think I've been ever as busy as I am these days talking to clients and talking to even to my wife about AI. AI is, is the buzz. AI is, is the future. AI is the opportunity that everybody sees, right? So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Deepak. I must also share that from business perspective, companies like IBM have used AI to support COVID vaccine innovation and working with NASA recently in addressing critical environment challenges by using generative AI. So clearly, AI is on a journey of its own, right? But let's take a step back and try to demystify this subject. What is AI? What were its beginnings like? And what makes it generative AI? Good question, because we have to go back to the source and, and look at the history. So AI is not a new thing, right? AI started from the 50s, 1950, right? So more than 70 years ago. And then throughout the years and throughout key milestones and, and achievements that happened, AI was more introduced into our lives, into different businesses, into different use cases, into our even personal lives. AI is really the machine mimicking a certain human behavior. In the 90s, beginning of 2000, more around rule-based AI. So, and take the likes of playing chess, for example, and IBM, for instance, had the first machine to beat uh, Gary Kasparov in he was back then the, the chess champion of the world. But that was based on rules because no matter how big the number of rules are and how big the number of probabilities are of a chess game, it's at the end of the day, it's a rule-based one, right? And it, it is finite at the end of the day. And then we went from there into a different type of AI where if it's not a rule-based and it's based on learning knowledge, and we start hearing the machine learning, basically asking a model or the machine to learn from a knowledge base, right? And I always say it's, it's basically as simple as give, as you're teaching a child, you give them the information, not one time, 
but multiple times until they understand how to answer a certain question. But machine learning has been used mainly to answer a specific question. The, the question can be yes or no, or this question can be uh, getting a certain information, but it is very, very specific and very, very narrow in answer, right? It can be prediction, prediction of a number, prediction of a, a certain state, but as I said, it's very, very narrow and very, very focused on answering a specific question. And then finally, last year, we started hearing more about generative AI, right? And even before that, large language model, right? So large language model is part of, a, of the generative AI. So generative AI is the bigger term, but it is a type of machine learning, right? So you have AI, you have machine learning as one of the type, and then you have generative AI as a type of machine learning. And Gen AI, one type of it is large language models. And basically, this is unlike machine learning, where you're answering a specific question. Large language models and generative AI is about transforming from one form to the other. So think about it as transformers, right? It basically transforms the form of request you give the model into another form based on, in the terms of language, based on the vocabulary and the knowledge they learn by the data that has been fed and trained the model with. So I can tweak the, the answer as much as I want. It's about transforming it into another form that maybe it's more elaborate, maybe it's an uh, picture format, maybe it's in a video format, maybe it's in a code format, but not necessarily it's the right answer. Correct, Mustafa. And, and uh, in fact, that's why sometimes we ask the question, why now? We are talking about AI, but why now? And that's where you mentioned terms like large language model, and then uh, the term we hear foundation models all the time. Can you simplify it a little more for our listeners? Absolutely. So large language model is, is basically a model that has been created based on a machine learning where we feed the model with tons of data, right? And mainly unstructured data. And this data becomes the training data set for the model to know how to transform to something else, right? And basically we have a model today that you can ask any request and you have a very elaborate text coming out of it. Right? That's basically the foundation of a large language model. But it is one type of what we call foundational models. And the foundational models can be different types of models, whether it's related to code generation, whether it's related to imaging, whether it's videos, uh, sounds. So that, that leverage different types of, of models, but all of them within the same concept of transformers, right? And, and those are basically what constitutes as a foundational model. And I think now, like since then, we are exploring and, and piloting a lot of use of generative AI in business, right? Which is just slightly different in this case, because now it's becoming more important that you look at different aspects of what type of data has been trained on and so on, because you need to have the right answer at the end uh, in your business. So... So it doesn't become a problem in the future. So, so that brings a question. Can you trust what the machine is telling you? Uh, and actually, we uh, so many times hear the phrase nowadays, AI hallucination. What does this term <laughs> yeah. even mean? 
So if you believe or if you take as a fact that the large language models or the foundational models does not answer a question about transform, you will understand then that basically I can make the model hallucinate, right? I can make the model saying stuff that is not real, okay? I was having an example, and the example that actually the person gave to me was, you know that I asked the, a large language model, without naming a name, but a large language model, I asked it to give me a review on the new Mission Impossible movie, okay? And he asked the model to give the review as a positive review. So it came up with some paragraphs of a very positive review about the movie. And then he asked the same question, but give me the same review on the same movie, but in a negative way. And basically the model created another review, which is absolutely negative, right? So if you just believe that, no, it just answer a question that hallucination would be, you got an answer, you think it's absolutely right because it comes with confidence from the model and from the system that you're using and you believe in so much and you don't know what is the right answer and you take an action based on that. That's hallucination. That's when AI hallucinates. But if people under, understand that AI or, or large language models and foundational models doesn't answer a question, doesn't understand the outcome that generates, well, they will avoid hallucination. That's one. But honestly, I wouldn't just trust AI because I need to trust it, right? In my vocabulary, in my, in my belief, you need to have the right ingredients to trust AI, okay? It's not like somebody's telling me this AI is good, but I need to... I need to understand the source of data. I need to understand the probability or the accuracy of this outcome that came out, how confident we are with this outcome. That at least give some confidence and some trust in whatever outcome is coming out to see whether I would trust it fully or it does hallucinate and I need to review it. Or no, this is, this is not the right answer at all and I need to do something different. No, I agree. There are so many stories. I believe we will have uh, an encyclopedia on AI bloopers soon. But but that brings me to another point, which is what we are talking so far is more about consumer AI. And we started touching about the AI for business. So what is the key points of differentiation you see there? It's a very good question, Deepak, because as, a, as an individual, right, and I'm going to use generative AI in my individual or personal productivity, it's absolutely a good thing, right? Because I know what I want to write. I can read it, review it. And then if I don't like something, I will ask the model to rewrite this part. So that's the good part of, of or, or the right use of the Gen AI or the large language models for individual productivity. But when it comes to business, it's a little bit different, right? Because in business, now we are talking about people's lives. Now we're talking about money. Uh, now we're talking about economy. Uh, now we're talking about key business decisions that might affect countries and governments. No, that becomes a bit different, right? And there are three, I would say, three main ingredients for any AI to be really successful in business, right? And or, or three main pillars, and we have to take care of the three pillars at once when we talk about AI for business. Number one, I need this AI not to be generic, but to be relevant and to create a competitive advantage for my business. 
Otherwise, better not to do it. Second, I need to be able to scale. When I put this model into production, it's not about building an application as much as do I have the right data? Can I scale with this model with all the data that I need? Can I have access to it in a cost-effective manner to be able to deliver the AI applications that I'm trying to build? And then number three, I need to trust it. I need to build a trustworthy AI where I have a full AI governance from development to production. It's extremely important. If I take care of these three pillars, then AI can be implemented in business. 100% Mustafa. And then I know from IBM perspective, uh, from AI ethics perspective, we have been a leader for uh, uh, many, many years. And that remains a key point of our AI strategy as well. The other uh, uh, interesting term that we keep on talking about is natural language processing. And as you said, from conversational AI perspective, that's such a key ingredient. And let me give you an example. In my recent visit to Turkey, for example, I was uh, using a cab and the cab driver was using Google Translate because obviously we could not communicate with each other uh, between Turkish and uh, English. So such a great practical use of AI and NLP. What do you think about NLP and its usage from business perspective? It's extremely important, I believe, and, uh, and core in what we're trying to implement AI in business right now. Uh, NLP is one of the, so let's go back one, one step, right? And, and think where AI can be used in business, okay? So mainly AI in business can, uh, can be used in customer experience. How do we enhance customer experience, right? Number two, we're talking about digital labor and knowledge worker. Number three, we're talking about advancing AI ops and IT automation, Number four, we're talking about security and cybersecurity. And, and, and number five, we're talking about sustainability, right? So those are different domains that where AI can really help businesses. Many of them need NLP, right, uh, in order to function, which is the natural language processing. And let's take the example of customer experience. And let's take the example of IBM, for example, we're using NLP in our Watson Assistant as one of the key applications on top of GenEI and on top of our Watson X platform to deliver a differentiated customer experience. And we'll not only talk about how do we answer a question and understand the question that was asked, we're talking about a whole experience, right? We're talking about taking actions. We're talking about linking to backend systems. So think about the same example you said, but not here as a driver, but think of if, if your driver is an autonomous driver, right? You're riding an autonomous car. There is no driver, but you need to communicate as well to tell them, yes, but I need to go to this address. And then you need to pay the bill at the end of the day after you finish your trip. So it's not about the communication only. It's about the whole experience. And can I do it from end to end without the human intervention? And this is what we're trying to use NLP plus the automation behind it, plus the generative AI to deliver a differentiated customer experience using our Watson Assistant, for example. So that's one of the examples that we, we can talk about in, about NLP and the use of NLP. Uh, you're right, Mustafa. And, and again, uh, uh, I think uh, the whole landscape is changing with the 
or the general public accepting AI as a medium of communication. And then even Salesforce has confirmed that 60% of the customers are welcoming the use of AI in engagements if it means a better experience for them. So it, it's being proven in all the ways. So Mustafa, in closing, how can generative AI positively impact our life? It will. <laughs> so I think uh, it's not uh, it's not if it will impact our lives. It will it will it is creating a huge opportunity in productivity number one, in sustainability, as I said, in doing things faster and in a shorter time. So we can focus on the right things, right? I believe it will affect us by any mundane task will be done by AI and Gen AI. And I think it's up to us right now to focus on the creative part, to focus on the innovation, to focus on delivering business value. And I think this is how we need to look at the opportunities behind Gen AI. No, absolutely, Mustafa. And let me get it right. So artificial intelligence, not a substitute for human intelligence, right? And it is, it's going to be a tool to actually amplify our own human creativity, ingenuity, and so on. In fact, uh, like I said earlier, we started. I started by asking, will robots take over the world? Maybe next time I'll start asking, will aliens take over the world? <laughs> no, I appreciate Mustafa. Thank you so much for your time and really, really insightful conversation. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking to you on this essential topic. Thank you, Deepak. And um, I'm, I'm so happy to be here with you as well. Thank you for listening to the AI Business Bites podcast. The world is excited about AI and we're excited about bringing the AI for Business conversation to you. If you enjoyed today's conversation, reach out to us on ibm.com forward slash WatsonX. Watch this space for further conversations from our thought leaders in our next AI Business Bites podcast.